um, reflecting on this because we love Brother Paul and we love our leaders. We love Brother Ephraim. But we cannot be, let's say, in love with them. Um, we cannot make our life, we cannot make our Christianity dependent on any one person in the church. Uh, and that is always a harsh lesson, lesson for people when the time comes when they have to move on. Um, and the same thing was with the apostles. When the apostle Paul suddenly is moved off the scene, and is never, it's never like, okay, the Romans are going to send a nice letter to the church. Uh, we are going to put the apostle Paul in prison next week. And in a month time, we are going to behead him. So please prepare another preacher. It's not going to happen like that. So it's going to happen overnight when suddenly we are confronted with a change in our life, a change in the church, a change in our environment, and then we have to adapt. And that is not nice because um, even I'm seeing here a lot of a lot of people, but I think we have less people. Um, I'm saying this carefully. We probably have less people than on a normal week because some people would know perhaps that Brother Paul is uh, on a flight. So they would choose maybe, maybe let's listen next week. And that is perfectly okay. But you know, for those people, they are on one end, they're doing the right thing that our mind tells them. But on the other hand, uh, they're also preparing themselves for um, a lesson. And and that is just what is what is the topic of today, the mountains and valleys of life, the mountains and valleys of life. And the Lord makes sure that we experience both the mountains. We have the mountaintop experience. And we're going to look at uh, the book of Luke chapter nine in a minute. Um, and we have the valley experience. And those experiences together make us as Christians. But if we get used to either the mountain or the valley, uh, we're in trouble. Because, you know, mountains and valleys, they alternate. They go up and down and up and down. If you walk through a hilly landscape, I'm sometimes wondering, you know, why did the Lord cho choose the country of Israel for his uh, story to take place? Um, and I think there is a perhaps an interesting answer that would be that the, the country of Israel has a lot of mountains and it has a lot of plains. So it has a lot of mountains, it has a lot of valleys. I think that the country of Holland or Sweden or Norway, or maybe Norway in certain areas, uh, would not have been a good location for the gospel because it's flat. You know, you can see here for miles, um, you know, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just flat. And that is just one experience that is just one emotion um, our christian life is full of emotions full of experiences and the lord makes sure that we are walking through a certain contour a certain landscape um, and that is i think uh, where the country of israel comes in some of us have been to israel and you know that you travel through the landscape you go up and down and up and down and up and down so when you expect that life is flat as a christian you're in trouble because then when you expect something to happen next week, the Apostle James warns, he says, you know, you, you might be thinking you're going into this and that, sit, that city, but um, really what you're doing is you're making yourself bigger than you are. So we've enjoyed all these men of God, but there will be a day, hopefully not too soon, that we will have to enjoy our Christian life without them. Um, ideally, this sermon would have not done even by be done by me but it maybe it would be done by a young person in the church of norway i'm just saying uh also what i'm reading in the book of acts you know the apostle paul was planting churches and he was also raising young people he had timothy he had titus he had apollos because he knew that one day he would have to you know put his put his we all have the bible i have the bible here with me just in case you're wondering what is he talking about? I'm talking something from the Bible. But there will come a day when we will have to get used to a change. We will have to get used to a valley or a mountain. But if we want to have everything the same, then we are going to be unhappy most of the time because the Christian life is one of mountains and valleys. And whether you are able to adopt to the contours of Israel is determining whether you, you can make it to Jerusalem. Because if you want to go to Jerusalem from the north or from the south, you will have to travel through those through that landscape. So the landscape of our Christian life, let's look at Luke chapter 9, verse 28, 29. Let's read it together. Um, Luke chapter, and maybe if um, I think this is something that's done in this call, so I, I don't want to break every tradition. 
So maybe Sister Hymenot could paste the verse so we can all have a look at it or project it somehow. Uh, Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. So it happened about eight days after these words that he took Peter and John and James and climbed up the mountain to pray. And it happened as he prayed that the sight of his face was changed and his clothes became shining white. Um, uh, um, I think I have a bit of a modern text here. Your KGV text could differ a bit, but I didn't have the time. Uh, this was originally a, a, a sermon in Dutch. I didn't have time to change all the, uh, all the, all the verses. <clears throat> so apologies for that. So here we see that they are on the mountain, climbing a mountain. You know, I, I remember one sermon a few years ago in Switzerland from one of our brothers. He said, always stay on that mountain. Go for that mountain experience. Actually, he didn't say stay on the mountain, but said more like make sure that you, that you keep that experience with you. And that is good. They wrote it down. They wrote down the experience. But we know that once... We go up a mountain, we know one thing for sure, that at some point we'll have to come back down, right? But first he took, he takes us, Jesus takes us to a mountain experience here. And wonderful things happen on that mountain. We are blessed on that mountain. We go to conferences, we are blessed, we see the face of Jesus, we see we experience the glory of God and all these things. That is good. God takes us to these places. There is also a risk, by the way, of staying too long on the mountain. Um, I'll come to that in a minute. But we see that the apostles at some point start to get a bit used to the mountain. They, uh, they start to erect an altar. They say, we, we want to erect here an altar for you, for Elijah, for Moses. We want to capture the mountain experience. We want, to, we want to put the experience in a bottle and we want to carry it with us so that we can drink from it every now and then. But that is not how a mountain top experience is like. We are talking about the mountains and valleys of life. Because if you want to make it into Jerusalem, you have to walk the mountains and valleys of Israel. You have to go through the cities and the villages and you have to follow the contour of the mountain. You cannot say, you know, make my path straight now. <clears throat> I want to have an easy ride to Jerusalem. It's, it, there's no such thing. And it's intentional because God wants us to experience both the mountains. Occasionally, God takes us to a spiritual high. I think we've all experienced that. And then once you experience that high, you say, well, ah, this, this, this is how it should be. This is, this is the Christian life. I remember one, one time we were on the streets in uh, Edinburgh and we were giving the word of God and we had many good interactions with people, handed out tracts. And then at the, in the evening when we sat down, we just said, okay, now, now, now the Lord can come back. Now, I, now I'm ready. Now I'm blessed. Now I'm, you know, I feel peace. I feel, I feel perfectly in the spirit. Now, the world can end. But of course it didn't. And the next day we had uh, a big argument with all of us. <laughs> Some, sometimes ministers have, bi have big arguments amongst each other. Maybe I shouldn't tell you all these secrets, but Brother Paul will perhaps uh, raise an eyebrow. But you know that is what ministers sometimes do. They have spiritual highs, and then the next day they have big arguments over little things. And then they, they say, well, we'll never talk again to those. But then still they, later they come back. They were on that mountain. Hallelujah. Have you been on a mountaintop experience with Jesus? Hallelujah. Have you been on a mountaintop? Have you been high there, up there with him? Hallelujah. The Bible says that at some point we will be, you know, going up with Jesus where he is, with the clouds. Hallelujah. We're preparing for that. Amen. But if all is well, then you have had a mountain experience with Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Many of them. Can you remember them? Hallelujah. It's good to remember them. They're written in the Bible. But don't fall in love with them, I would say. Don't fall in love with them. Don't make everything depend on them. Praise the Lord Jesus. What you need to learn is to follow the contours of your life. Hallelujah. 
follow the mountains and valleys that Jesus takes you through. Praise the Lord Jesus. And then you will see that gradually something will change that even a mountaintop experience cannot do. Because let's be honest, mountaintop experiences are nice, but they don't really change us. They don't really change us. They don't really change us. They, they give us information. They give us blessing. But blessing usually does not change the human heart. It is the continuous alternation. It is the continuous working of those mountains and valleys that shape a soul. If we look at Luke, the same chapter, verse 37. I'm not sure if the verses are, are uh, can be put here. I think, yes, they're done. They're put here. Thank you very much. So verse, if we can also put verse 37, 38, 39, 40. Let me read them. It happened the next day. <clears throat> you see? The next day. Hallelujah. If you experience a high, ex ex expect that the Lord will bring a change the next day. <clears throat> you will not wait. It's not like you will be in this kind of glowing twilight zone for like a week and then gradually the Lord takes you back to where you are. No. It's the next day. The next day, when they descended from the mountain, that a great multitude came to meet him. You see what's happening here? The apostles wanted to build altars on the mountain. They saw, they heard the voice. They saw the cloud. They heard the voice. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. <clears throat> they saw the shining light. Hallelujah. They saw the Shekinah glory of God. But they knew deep down in their hearts, we have to come down. <clears throat> have to come down from that mountain. Moses was up on that mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Even the people could not look him in the face when he descended. But also he knew at some point I have to go down again to the people. He was carrying these stone tablets. And what he saw when he came down was not good. It's often that when a minister comes home from a mountaintop experience that he finds the people in disarray. That he finds his family in disarray. That he finds the church in disrepair. That he finds his, his, his fellow ministers being quabbling and arguing. And we, we panic over that. And we, we think, you know, something's, something's wrong with the church. Something's wrong with my spiritual life. Something's wrong with my brothers and sisters. And I tell you, no, there's nothing wrong with them. They are just going through the valley. They're just going through the valley. Holly, I want you to get that out of your head, that something is wrong with them, that something is wrong with your family, that something is wrong with the church. That's not the case. The church was supposed to be a mountain and valley experience. That is why, again, the gospel was not written in the plains of uh, Russia or in the, the plains of Spain or in the, in the flatlands of uh, Holland or Germany. It was written in Israel, a country of many mountains, and some valleys in between, and some plains. Praise the Lord Jesus. The next day, they descend. On the mountaintop, it's only Jesus, and it's three of the apostles, right? It's, a, it's an elite. It's a small band. But what is down in the valley? In the valley is the multitude, brothers and sisters. In the valley is a lot of people. In the valley is where the work is. In the valley is where the work is. Hallelujah. When we come home from a mountaintop experience, whether it be Ivory Coast or Nepal or Egypt or wherever it is, then let's be aware that the valley awaits us. Hallelujah. The valley sometimes of despair. Praise the Lord Jesus. And that's normal because that is our job. That is our job as Christians to do the work in the valley. Do you, do you, do you notice that the multitude is not on the mountaintop? That the multitude is not on the mountaintop. The multitude is, what it says here, people, much people, the multitude. That the masses are not on the mountaintop. The masses are, of course, in the valley. Hallelujah. And that's where the work is. And that's where the people are. And that's where we experience something else of Jesus. And we experience the grace of God. We experience his mercy. We experience his love. On the mountaintop, we are in, as they say in Dutch, the seventh heaven. We are in we are in, the we are in the glory of God. We don't need all that. We don't need the Bible. We don't need grace. We don't need that. But in the valley, we need grace. 
And then there is a man, you know, uh, with a son, uh, with some weird sickness, illness. There is uh, demons, there is ghosts, there is crying, there is convulsion, there is mouth foaming. There is all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things. If you go out, you go to a big city, you go walk there, you see all kinds of things. You see all kinds of people. You see all kinds of problems. Because when there is a group, when there is a multitude, there are problems. And then they cannot, you know, the disciples cannot do anything. They need, again, they need Jesus' help. They've just been on the mountaintop. And now this simple demon they cannot drive out. So again, they come and they realize that the mountaintop really did not change them. Verse 40 here, I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. This proves my point that mountaintop experiences are good, and we will hopefully be one day with Jesus in a very high place. But on earth here, it does not change us, because the flesh will stay the same, and the flesh has the same problems and the same weaknesses. Why can't we stay on Mount Zion forever? You know, some immature Christians even go beyond that and they say, you know, if a good God exists, why do good, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, we understand that bad things happen to bad people, but why do bad things happen to good people? If there is a good God, if God is good, why do all these bad things happen to good people? Well, I say, sorry, <laughs> can I, can I just wake you up for a minute? Can I just remind you that this earth is not a playing ground, that, that this is not a place where uh, Jesus will come and put a Band-Aid on your boo-boo? Hallelujah. This is, this is, uh, this, uh, the earth is a weird place. It's a tough place. Um, it's, a, it's a fallen planet. Hallelujah. It's, this is a place where all kinds of weirdness happens. And these things happen so that you can get tough and you can get over them and you can learn. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. You can experience them. Amen. Because the Lord is not only, there was a discussion at some point within the Syrian camp. Is the God of Israel, is he a God of the mountains or is he a God of the plains only? And then God got angry and he punished them because he is, a, he is the God of the whole world. He's the God of the mountains and he's the God of the plains and of the valleys. Likewise, praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But if we become people that get used to one specific place and one specific status, hallelujah, then we are in trouble because we are not walking the contours. We are not walking the landscape that Jesus has set out for us. And we're not learning and we're not toughening up. Hallelujah. And we're never going to reach Jerusalem because that, that road, that flat road is leading you astray. And then the Bible says that that there are many people who walk after other things. Um, I've got a little a little illustration from that. Maybe I can in Teams. I know how to share my screen. I can do that. Try that here as well. Um, yeah, I think it's this button here. So I think I'm now sharing my screen here. So you see this little picture here. see this little picture it's supposed to be like a lovely picture it's a bit brownish um sorry for that but it's supposed to depending on the color the color scheme of your laptop um or phones i i think some people are following this on their phone um i would say that that's that's nice but there is also a danger because the phone is very small screen and you can get easily get distracted so i would recommend following this on a laptop um as if you were like in a virtual church but yeah, hopefully you can see this picture. It says the, and it, it's got even a spelling error here. That's that's nice. The mountains and valleys of life. You see that? So this is, this is of course how we imagine life. Maybe with not the brown landscape, but the lush. You know, it's supposed to be lush. And I think next time I have to take another picture. Um, and you see here this nice little stream. If you can still see it, you know, we can imagine the. Uh, the mountaintop and the fresh water and the, the wonderful nature. You know, just imagine it. I think this is probably uh, the worst picture I could choose for this. But you get the idea. I'm trying to put it in a bit in words. So this is, our, this is how we imagine maybe being. This is the good life. Fresh water. No, no worries. There are no worries on the mountaintop. There's no dishwashing on the mountaintop. There are no screaming kids 
on the mountaintop. There are no traffic accidents. There are no there are no no deadlines for your job. Hallelujah. There's there's not going to be uh there's not going to be the tax man. The tax man does not come that high. So you'll have it good. But this is not how life is supposed to be led by a Christian. Moses and you know, if we just think about an example, Moses had a life that was not that was not only mountains. Um, I've got another picture here. It says the plane offers no protection. Can you see it? Hallelujah. Can you see it? The plane offers no protection. You can see very far, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe somebody can say amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Yes, you can see it. Good. So the plane offers no, you can see here very far. The enemy can see you from afar and maybe what is not so good, you can also see your neighbors from afar. So it, it doesn't give you any privacy, doesn't give you any protection. Um, sometimes the danger is that we want our life to be on the plane. We want it level. We want it flat. We want it the same, the same every week, the same every Sunday, the same, the same, same, same. But Big changes are part of life, and also big changes are sometimes part of our spiritual life. That is why sometimes the Lord gives us prophecy. He gives us dreams and visions so the church can prepare for big changes. But then somehow things always surprise us. Uh, problems in the church seem to surprise us, although we know that the last problem in the church was 15 years in the making. Am I, am I wrong here? <laughs> Am I wrong? Hallelujah. 15 years it was in the making, and still we are surprised. And then suddenly we are, you know, we have to pick up the pieces again. But we, it's not, it's not God's fault. It's not the church's fault. But it is really, we have made our spiritual life to be too flat. Too flat. Jesus puts it in those terms in here in Matthew 16, 25. Whoever will keep his life will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for me he will find it. There is a deep truth hidden in here, meaning that you, if you want to keep, if you want to keep the good things, if you want to keep them in the bottle, you will lose them. But if you trust Jesus and you walk the contour of the landscape, you walk the hills and the valleys, then you will gain something very good. You will gain something in the end called Jerusalem. Hallelujah. You don't see it yet. You're still far away from it, hallelujah. But the fact that you're willing to walk that life, that life that was with the Father, hallelujah, and has been manifested, if you want to walk with Jesus, if you want to walk that life, if you want to walk the, the, the hills that Jesus gave you, the valleys that Jesus gave you, at the end there is Jerusalem, but there is nothing behind the plain. The plain leads to more plain, hallelujah. And it's the same for every Christian. Let's take the life of Moses. Let's take the life of the Apostle Paul. Moses, can I remind you that he was almost killed when he was born. He had to flee in a basket on the river. He had to flee from Pharaoh. So those were his lows. He was almost killed by an angel. He was rejected by the people. He was rejected 10 times by Pharaoh. There were 10 plagues necessary for this big change to come. Then there was the high of the Exodus. There was the high of the of the walking through the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, a big miracle, a big wonder. Then you think that would have changed the people of Israel, that they would have been changed coming at the other side, seeing all those miracles. But no, they began to murmur. They began to complain. And then when Moses came down, even worse, they made, do you remember the golden calf? That was a deep valley. Hallelujah. People revolted. People murmured. The spies in Canaan, did not want to go into the land. Eventually, Moses got so frustrated, he hit a rock, and he was even himself forbidden of going into the land. Yes, there was also, he was found by the princes of Egypt. He got a rich life as a prince in Egypt. He married Zipporah. He got a son, Gersom. He saw the God in the burning bush. He saw the, the miracles and signs in Egypt. He saw the Exodus and the Passover, the wonders of the Red Sea, and he was 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord on the mountain. But even Moses said at some point, I cannot bear these people anymore. I cannot bear these people anymore. You have to help me, Lord. So he definitely he had his valleys. 
The Apostle Paul did the same thing. He had his mountains and valleys. He, just to list them out here, he was a Pharisee. He had a life as a very prominent Pharisee. He was persecuting the Christians. That was actually a high because he was doing a good work. He was killing Christians uh, because that was a good thing to do, he thought. He had the Damascus experience, temporarily blind, both a high and the low, I would say, close together. Sometimes the highs and the lows are very close together. Born again, remains, regains his sight, persecuted by brothers, very deep low. You would think a man of that stature, a man with those experiences, would never get any blowback from his own brothers and sisters. But yet he did. And so we see that every man of God, woman of God who is called, will get criticism from, will get a knife in their back from their own brothers and sisters. Not because they are bad and not because there is something wrong, but these are the valleys that we have to go through. The Jews tried to kill him. He fled to Damascus, from Damascus to Tarsus, spent three years in the desert. He had to defend himself against false brethren. He was called to mission trips with Barnabas, a high, the Holy Spirit called them. Yeah, remember taking all those mission trips? You know, some pastors do that, right? Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Some do that, right? Some sometimes they go to mission trips. And then what happens? Paul and Barnabas get into an argument and they part ways. So the, the most successful evangelizing duo in the world is over. But the missions are not over. So then he goes with Silas and Barnabas goes his own way also with mission trips. You can follow that through the Bible. Even they have their own areas in Turkey that they uh, that they cover. Travel with Silas. Then imprisonment, suddenly, in Ephesus. Shipwreck, taking to Rome in change. Shipwreck at the, at the sea near the island of Malta. Arrival in Rome. Miraculous. Education in Rome. He's teaching. And then what is not recorded in the book of Acts, assassination by, or let's say, uh, he's being executed, rather, by the emperor Nero, at the behest of the emperor Nero. The apostle Paul puts it in these terms. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. Three times I have been flogged with the rod. Once I have been stoned. Three times I have been shipwrecked. A whole day I have spent in the high sea. A whole day. Huh? On my journey. So he's been shipwrecked three times. Not just one time as in the Bible is recorded. The other two are not recorded in the Bible. But happened. On my journey I was often in danger by rivers. By robbers in danger. And the part of fellow citizen. And he mentions pagans, cities, deserts, seas. False brethren. All those things. And on top of that, he had to take care of the church. So here you can see that also the Apostle Paul followed that pattern of the mountains and the valleys. And really what we're all following is the pattern of the one who went before us, who is the firstborn of many brethren, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see the same pattern in his life. We see that he was almost killed when he was born. They had to flee to Egypt. Uh, Herod killed all the young babies in Bethlehem. Um, his birth was a highlight, but yeah, but then it started descending quickly. He was uh, disregarded. He was maltreated. He there was no belief in his words. People were turning their backs on him. He was stoned to, to death. They, at least they tried. They, they tried to throw him off a cliff. Uh, the, there was a Judas amongst the apostles. They, many left him at some point, John chapter 6. So, it's all way down to Golgotha. And then he's crucified. Can we say that Jesus did not go through valleys? In the end, he said to the apostles, don't get used to this high. Don't get used to these miracles. Don't get used to this preaching because there will be Golgotha. There will be, I will be handed over to evil men and crucified. But then he also said and raised on the third day. But that's, of course, when they stopped listening. They only saw the valley. Then we have a high with the empty tomb. Jesus Christ overcame death. That is a big high, the empty tomb. Hallelujah. Mary Magdalene seeing the empty tomb, meeting Jesus in the garden, um, and beginning to experience what it means to, to follow the Lord, to then to go back to the apostles saying that the Lord has risen. They didn't believe at first. So we have the doubting apostles. Have you ever been in a period in your life when there was doubt? This is the worst time in a Christian life. You know, it's not for people in the world. The worst time is when they 
have money problems or sickness or family problems. But the worst time for a Christian is doubt. Uh, it's, it's almost, it manifests as a physical pain almost. You know, that's when you go through your valley, brother, sister. That's when you go through your, when you follow Jesus. Do you know that we follow Jesus also in our doubt? Hallelujah. We have to learn that. We have to go through it. Praise the Lord Jesus. Pentecost. We always talk about it in the church. Pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That is, I think, the ultimate high, right? For a Pentecostal apostolic Christian. Jesus alone is God Christian. Praise the Lord Jesus. And we seek those experiences. We seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit prays through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Hallelujah. It's a good recommendation to be in the spirit, be on the high, hallelujah. But we know that at some point we go back to our daily life. We go back to the drudgery, to the after summer comes autumn, praise the Lord Jesus. I was once preaching a sermon called Hanukkah, the winter of your faith, Hanukkah. When there is the winter of our faith, there is always the light of Hanukkah, hallelujah, praise the Lord Jesus. There is always some light that keeps burning. Growth in the church, oh, we love that, growing. Hallelujah. People in the seats, praise the Lord Jesus. But what about the opposite? What about churches falling apart? What about all the churches in the book of Revelation? Where have they gone? Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, these things are what we do. This is our following of the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes us to the mountains and through the valleys. Hallelujah. And an invisible process happens while we do that. We become more like him because the Bible says the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens to fulfill all things. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the one who came from high, who came from above. Praise the Lord Jesus. And who descended to our level. Can you imagine that God himself, hallelujah, came in flesh, came in a body to descend. Amen. And to be down with us at rock bottom. Hallelujah. Was he not in with people between the graves, hallelujah, was he not casting out legion? Was he not helping people that were really in the valleys of life? Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. When we follow him, hallelujah, we go through the mountains and the valleys of life. And while that happens, a secret process is taking place. Amen. We are taking off the old man, hallelujah. With every, with every valley and mountain, hallelujah, hallelujah. We go through our Bethlehem, our Golgotha, empty tomb, doubts, Pentecost, persecution, growth. Where does it go? Hallelujah. Amen. It's an up and down. It's a roller coaster. Hallelujah. Sometimes we want to say, Jesus, let me be on the plane for a while. Hallelujah. Let me be on the flatlands. Amen. But then we, we see that Jesus will take us suddenly to a mountaintop. Amen. Hallelujah. Suddenly it can happen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Tomorrow there can be revival in the church in Norway or Sweden or wherever, hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so also then the next week, there can be an argument. There can be a falling away, hallelujah. There can be a great apostasy. And all through that, we are sitting there, we are holding on and saying, why does this happen to me? Hallelujah. Did not Jesus say, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, when he hung at the cross, hallelujah. Why does this happen to me? It's supposed to happen, hallelujah. It was preordained before the creation of the world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Because he knew you. Amen. He knew you in the womb of the earth. Praise the Lord Jesus. Before the earth was created. Amen. When the spirit of God was hovering above the waters. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, when we, when we are baptized, that is a wonderful, a wonderful experience. But baptism is really a primordial experience. It's really when we are tossed in the sea you know pharaoh was tossed in the sea there was no bottom there was no there was no bottoming out it was the, the bible speaks about the bottomless pit when the lord was in the beginning there was a great body of water on the earth in, and it's called the deep a deep dark deep when we are baptized in jesus name our sins are thrown into the bottomless pit hallelujah our sins are thrown into the deep sea if it were not for jesus his hands to catch us then we would have gone down, hallelujah, because our sins will take us all the way down, hallelujah. That is why Jesus is holding us in his hands. We can never go lower than Jesus, amen. Jesus is, the Bible says, Jesus is our foundation, foundation. He is our stability, hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. If you can put up, put up uh, Isaiah chapter 40, 7, 8, and 9, 
Hallelujah. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is down here. Hallelujah. Amen. He descended, so he is he is here. He is here holding you. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is also here. Hallelujah. He is also the highest in our life. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That is that is where he takes you. Amen. He is the foundation. He is the rock bottom. When you fall, I will say you cannot fall lower than Jesus because you always fall on the rock. Hallelujah. And the rock, as the Bible says, was Christ. And you can never go higher than Jesus. Satan wanted to go higher than Jesus. He said, I will be at the north end, meaning I'll be the highest. No, you can never go higher than Jesus. Jesus is God. Hallelujah. You can never go higher. You can be with him, but you can never go higher. That is why our mountains are in Christ and our valleys are in Christ. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 7. The grass withers, the flower falls off when the spirit of the Lord blows over it. Verily, the people are grass, the grass um, and then it says, the grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of God exists forever. Hallelujah. Jesus is the stability. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one that we can rely on in the mountains and valleys. Hallelujah. Then it says, verse 9, climb a high mountain. Zion, preacher of good message. Raise your voice with power. Jerusalem, preacher of a good message. Raise it. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Hallelujah. We are supposed to put ourselves on a mountain, as it were, and preach to the world. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. We need to sometimes go up a mountain to change our vision. Hallelujah. Don't stay on the plane. Don't stay on the level. Hallelujah. Don't try to keep everything secure and safe because Christ is the only safety and he is the constant factor. Isaiah chapter 48. If you look at Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12. Listen to me, Jacob, Israel, my called. I am the same. I am the first. I am also the last. So meaning he is the lowest and he is the highest. He is the valley. He is the mountaintop. He is the first. He is the last. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. Also my hand. Verse 13, has founded the earth. So apparently the mountains and valleys in our life, the landscape that we walk through was formed by Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. The meaning that the mountain, maybe you're on a mountain right now, and you say, oh, nothing can go wrong. You know, Jesus, please return now. That has been ordained from the Lord. Hallelujah. That is maybe for your encouragement, for your strengthening, for your remembrance. But also, the valleys have been ordained by Jesus. I mean, if you're now in a valley, if you're desperate, if you're depressed, if you're poor, if you're sick, if you're doubting, hallelujah, believe that these mountains were created before, hallelujah, the world. The, the Lord was looking into that deep abyss. He was looking into that deep body of water, and he was seeing you already, hallelujah, going through the valleys and the mountains. Amen. That is why the Bible says that we, we, we even have to rejoice in these tribulations. Because for a short time, we'll experience them just as our brothers and sisters in the world. Amen. But the end goal is worth it. Hallelujah. The end goal is Jerusalem. The valleys and mountains take you to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. That is here. Amen. That is here at the end. Here is the city on a hill. Hallelujah. Here is Jerusalem. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. That is here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can somebody say it? Hallelujah. Let me get an end here. Amen. There it is. Hallelujah. Do you see it? Amen. Do you see it in the far distance? Abram did not see. Hallelujah. But he believed. He could not see. He did not even we are seeing more than Abram. But at the end, there is Zion. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, go on that mountain. Go on that hill. Hallelujah. Go ascend sometimes on that mountain. And then you will see that city. Hallelujah. You will say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Hallelujah. Preacher of a good message. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the first. Jesus is the last. Jesus is the lowest on, in your life, and he is the highest in your life. Hallelujah. He's on the lowest level. He is on the highest level. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. But he himself does not change. He himself is the same yesterday, today, forever. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord Jesus. But he ascended. Amen. But also he is the one who descended. Praise the Lord Jesus. That is why the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, how you cannot go lower than the grave. You cannot go higher than the resurrection. Hallelujah. That is why the, the death and resurrection of Jesus are the pattern of our life. Hallelujah. We are following him from Bethlehem to Golgotha to the empty tomb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through doubt and fear and storm, our Pentecost. Hallelujah. Persecution, growth of the church. And eventually we are going to arrive at that Zion, that city on the hill. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. That is our life. That is what you signed up to. That is our life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul sometimes complains. He said, oh, but we've received death sentences already. Hallelujah. But it was for us that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God. Second Corinthians first eight. Hallelujah. He says, but I do not want you, brethren, that you are ignorant of our tribulation, which befell us in Asia. Hallelujah. When ministers come home from a long trip, you know, you have to listen to them. You said, don't be unaware of our, the things that happen. We've suffered extremely hard beyond our ability that we even despair of our lives. Praise the Lord Jesus. But then in verse 10, he goes on and he says, he has delivered us from such a great danger of death. And he still delivers us. In him, we have placed the hope that he will also redeem us further. I'm reading 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He has delivered us from such great danger. And he still delivers us through the mountains. Do you know that sometimes God even has to deliver us from a mountain? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. They're also false apostles. They're also, they're also evil spirits. Hallelujah. Sometimes we mistake something for a mountain experience, but it's really the devil in disguise. Hallelujah. Even the Lord, sometimes he, he sent Moses down to the valley. Because he said, I don't want you to stay longer in this bliss, in this happiness, because there is something happening down there. You are needed down there. You are needed in the valley. You are needed somewhere. Hallelujah. Where there is where there is demonic interference, where there is sickness, where there's death. You are needed there with the masses. Hallelujah. And Jesus looked at them with great compassion. Praise the Lord Jesus. God instills in us a certain toughness. Hallelujah. Through all these mountains and valleys. The Bible says that sometimes this punishment seems to give us cause of sadness in Hebrew chapter 12, but later it will give us some kind of weird peace. Do you not experience that after a deep valley, you experience some deep peace? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Uh, let me ask you an honest question here. What gives you more peace? Does it the mountaintop experience with Jesus? That gives you peace, right? That is what we're always looking for. But do you know that the peace after a valley is much more profound hallelujah is really what we should be looking for amen we are doing it all wrong brothers and sisters we are going we're chasing we're chasing all kinds of phenomena we're chasing things sometimes but we're chasing sometimes the wrong things jesus will take you to that mountain you know when you want to be on a mountain just preach christ hallelujah just pray amen hallelujah pray in the spirit amen Worship God. Hallelujah. Go to church. Amen. You'll have your mountaintop experience, but don't chase after them. Hallelujah. But rejoice in the peace once you get out of the valley. Amen. Is there anything better than the grace of God? Hallelujah. Is there anything better than to be dead? Hallelujah. To be lost. Hallelujah. To be alive again. Amen. To be found again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Is there anything better than that? Amen. There is no mountain high enough. Hallelujah for the grace of Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. It's the best because there are temptations. Amen. There are temptations. I would say there are temptations even on the mountain. Hallelujah. There are temptations on the mountain. Solomon is an example of what temptation can happen on the mountain. Solomon was rich. He had all the gold of Ophir. He had people come all the way. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. I'm sometimes wondering with 700 wives or princesses, why did he need the 300? So it, it basically means that our soul is never satisfied with the bliss, with the mountain. The mountain is never is never too high. Hallelujah. We always want to climb higher. And then it went, it, it went in, it, it went into the wrong way for Solomon. And he started to, you know, started to do wrong things. And and 
worship the wealth and worship false gods. Hallelujah. That is why we preach one God, Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. When you, the safest way of going through the valleys and the mountains is to believe in the one who does not change, the one God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no uh, valleys in God and, and mountains as such. There is no God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There is one God. Hallelujah. One God, Jesus Christ. God manifested in the flesh. That is what the Bible says. He who ascended also descended. Amen. That means he who went up also came down from heaven to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. But he is one. He is one God. If you want to stay away, amen, from the valley of the shadow of death, then you need to follow one God. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. When you go into the depth of the sea, into that watery grave, that watery bottomless pit, there is no end to where the body of Adam will sink. The body of Adam will be cut off. It will drown. It will go down into the depths. Hallelujah. But Jesus will catch you. Amen. In the water. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why we don't sprinkle people. We don't just, you know, just put a little bit of water in them. We, we make them helpless. Hallelujah. We say, hold your nose, do this, that. There's somebody to hold your feet. We really plunge them into the water. Amen. They are powerless. You have to, if you are ever baptized, if you know that experience, if you remember it, then you know that you really are putting your life in the hands of that minister who baptized you. If he was an evil man, maybe he would keep you 10 seconds under the water. God forbid. But you have to trust him, right? Amen. Hallelujah. What if he drowns you? Amen. You don't know. You have to trust Jesus. Hallelujah. You have to go with the flow. Praise the Lord Jesus. You have to trust the Lord. Amen. All these things the Apostle Paul said are examples for us. All these things are examples for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Our mountains belong to Christ. The plain is not the place to be. Hallelujah. The mountains belong to Christ. But there is danger on the mountain to, to be there too long. Think about King David. He was on the mountain too long. Everything went well. He conquered all the countries, Philistines, this, that, and he stayed in the palace for one night. And then he saw Bathsheba and he was, he was gone. Hallelujah. Everything was out of the window. And it, it had such an effect. Sin has such an effect on our life. If we want to stay on the plains, if we want to keep our life in our own hand, we will lose it. Hallelujah. But if you will lose your life, if you... If you give yourself over to Christ, if you give yourself to the mountains and valleys and trust Jesus in each and every one of them, you will gain your life. Hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. Hallelujah. This is the feeling when coming out of that valley. Hallelujah. If you're coming out of a valley right now, amen, you're blessed. You can sing this song, praise the Lord Jesus. There is nothing better on this earth, no gold, no silver, hallelujah, no wives, no concubines, amen, than the feeling of climbing out of the valley together with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So go with that. Go with that. Hallelujah. Go with the valleys and go with the mountains of the Lord. Hallelujah. Walk through the countryside of Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep walking until you reach that destination, that city on a hill. Hallelujah. With the 12 foundations and the 12 gates. Hallelujah. The pearly gates, the streets of gold. Hallelujah. The gates, the gates are pearly. The streets, the streets are gold. Hallelujah. Go for that road. Go for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Don't stop. Don't turn around. Don't be like the wife of Lot. Hallelujah. Just accept those mountains, accept those valleys. Yes, there are risks in the valleys. What are the risks of the valleys? That we become bitter, that we become unbelievers like the, the children of Israel. They wanted to go back, back to Egypt. They said back to Egypt. Hallelujah. But the Lord left them. Where did he leave them? In the plain, in the desert. They were buried there. Hallelujah. 
So we we should not we should not go with the temptations of the valley. The devil can come when you're in the valley and he says, ah, no, just give up. Give up on the church, give up on God, give up on the Bible, you know, become a skeptic, become somebody else, go for maybe for riches or go for something in this world. No, 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 don't do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Go with you, stay with Jesus in that valley. Hallelujah. Say, get away from me, Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Even if Satan shows you all the kingdoms in the world, he bow down before me and I will give you all of this. No. Hallelujah. The Lord rebuked thee. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you shall only worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Only the Lord is God. You shall only worship him. Amen. Only Jesus you shall worship. Nobody else. Hallelujah. So let me finish here this message. Amen. With some practical advice on how can you endure the valleys. Amen. Hallelujah. So I think we now understand that our life is formed after the pattern of Jesus Christ. The highs and the lows. The Golgotha. The Bethlehem. Amen. The empty grave, the Pentecost, the growth of the church, the breaking up of the church, all these things. Hallelujah. But the end is Zion. The end is salvation. The end is the kingdom of God. That is where I should be fixed. Amen. Hallelujah. Say hello to the hills. Amen. But the hills you will will go by and you will go to the valley. Say hello to the valley. Many multitudes are there. Many problems. Say hello to the problems. But know that you will climb a mountain again. Hallelujah. Until the end. Hallelujah. Until the end, we endure. Praise the Lord Jesus. Philippine, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Um, so some practical tips. First of all, how to survive the valley. How to survive the valley. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious in anything. Hallelujah. But let your desires be known to God in all things. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Some practical advice. Communicate to Jesus in the valley. Hallelujah. In the valley, Jesus is not just the omega. He is also the alpha. He is the beginning and the end. He is the high. He is the low. Hallelujah. He is the rock of salvation. He is the foundation. Amen. Jesus is called the cornerstone. He is the foundation. Hallelujah. So pray in the valley. Hallelujah. Don't be anxious for anything. Second, keep your eyes on the heavenly promise. Keep your eyes on the heavenly promise. Second Corinthians 4 16. Second Corinthians 4 16. Second Corinthians 4 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. On the contrary, even though our outer man perishes, the inner man is renewed from day to day. For our light tribulation, which is short lived, brings about in us an all conquering eternal weight of glory for and this now it comes for we do not keep our eyes fixed on the things that we see so we do not look at the valley we do not look at the mountain but on the things that one does not see we keep our eyes on the invisible visible as it were this sounds like a contradiction but this is called faith for the things one sees are temporary but the things one does not see are eternal hallelujah praise the lord jesus so that's two good tips amen pray to Jesus, don't be anxious in the valley, but pray to Jesus. Hallelujah. With supplication and thanksgiving. Second, keep your focus on the invisible prize. Keep your focus on the heavenly Jerusalem. Keep your focus on the end of the journey, which is the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. When you're going to a far country to baptize somebody, don't look at the valleys and the, and the roads, but look at the prize. Hallelujah. Which is a a saved soul. Amen. Third point, accept and endure through the power that Christ gives us. We are not powerless. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Philippians 4, 11. Not that I say this because of want, for I've learned to be content in the circumstances in which I find myself. And I know what it is to be humiliated. I know what it is to have abundance. In every way and in everything, I'm initiated, both in having satiated and in starving both in abundance and in want. Hallelujah. As a Christian, the Lord takes us sometimes through poverty, sometimes through abundance. The Lord can give us poverty, give us riches. All these things he lets us experience because he wants to test us in all the mountains and all the valleys. Because in the new Jerusalem, there's not going to be a test. There is going to be something else. There's going to be some eternity. Hallelujah. Verse 13 
This is the punchline. All things I can handle through Christ who gives me strength. Hallelujah. All things I can handle through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. If you're in the valley right now and you say, let me just give up. You know, my friends are no longer in the church. My favorite pastor is not preaching. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just not how it used to be. Then it means you're in the valley. Hallelujah. Means that there's nothing wrong with God or with the church. It means you're in the valley. But then you say, all things I can handle through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. That's the third one. Look for encouragement in the valleys. The fourth point in the preaching of the gospel. There is this mysterious way. There is a mysterious process happening in the valley, which is called the grace of God. And by the grace of God, people are saved. Do you notice that the Bible does not say we are saved by the heavenly bliss of God? That's always what we try to do. We try to bring people to the church and then somehow show them the glory of God. But it rarely works because, as I mentioned in the beginning, people are not changed durably by the glory of God on the earth because there is sin in us. We, we, cannot, we cannot see God, as it were. Hallelujah. What changes us is that we see the grace of God. Hallelujah. There is a process in the valley that is happening that is the preaching of the gospel. Philippians 1.12, it says, and I want you to know, brethren, that what has happened to me has rather served to promote the gospel and that it has become known throughout the courthouse and to all others that I am a prisoner for Christ's sake. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Something miraculous is happening with people in the valley in the sense that the gospel is preached. There is fertile ground for the gospel. There is the working of the mercy of God and there is the blessing of God. Hallelujah. That is why instead of trying to always show your good, you know, we, yes, we like to show our good side, but let's show our honesty. Hallelujah. Let's really give them the gospel. Let's really help them. Let's really show them the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Um, but we want to bring them from A to Z. We want to bring them. Okay. Here is the glory of God. Just sit here. Enjoy the glory of God. Be still. But what they need is salvation. What they need is deliverance. Hallelujah. What they need is to learn. And that is the, the fifth point here. Hallelujah. There's so many points. I hope you can remember them. Um, I've got it all written down. If you want to have this sermon later, um, I can send it to you as a PDF or whatever. Um, but yeah, many points. Um, but the Bible is a, is a big book. There's many good things. I even could go on and on and on. But I, let me stop myself here. The, the fourth one is that we have to learn to have some toughness and some patience. Hallelujah. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 1. Well, then, now that we are surrounded by such a multitude of witness, let us also, you see, that is the valley where the multitude is. Let us also not lay down on, so let's also lay down all the burden and sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes on Jesus, the guide. And finisher, some uh, translations say the author and finisher of our faith. He endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that he had promised and now sits at the right hand of the throne of God. For watch him who has endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you weaken and succumb in your souls. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. You know, uh, while we may not uh, agree with all these activists, I used this analogy uh, in the church and I said, you know, there was uh, last week our king, uh, king of the Netherlands, um, uh, King Willem, he um, apologized, he issued an apology, a very deep apology, also on behalf of his own family. It was a personal apology for um, the slavery that the Dutch uh, government was doing until 1863 when it was officially abolished. Uh, while we may not agree with all the motives behind this, all these, this activism, I'm not going to talk about that now. But in principle, I found this a good thing because it, uh, I think there is humility in offering apologies. I think as Christians, it's never bad to apologize, um, to you know, be humble. It's never a bad thing. So I think that is a good symbol. But also it illustrates an important point in that for 150 years, these uh, descendants of slaves were constantly writing books and 
you know, reminding everyone that there was such a thing as slavery. It still has an effect on many people. And lo and behold, 150 years later, they get an apology from the king of the Netherlands. Who would have thought that 150 years ago, right? Hallelujah. So it, for me, it was an illustration that it, it pays off to be patient, brothers and sisters. It, if these descendants of slaves can be patient 150 years and then get their apology from the government, how much more we who have Christ, who are filled with the spirit, how much, how much we should be patient for the delivering of our body, hallelujah, for the coming of the kingdom of God and endure our valleys and our mountains and the temptations that come with it, the temptation of the mountain, the temptation of the valley, and wait patiently for the coming of that great God and Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And at the meantime, keep on telling the story. Like these descendants of slaves, they kept on telling that story. It's now in all the, it's now in all the educational books, the history books. Children are learning about these things at school. So if they can have that patience and have that patience rewarded, how much more we, hallelujah, can we exercise patience in the church? I want you to encourage you with the first hill and valley. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions when there is a hill in your life, when there is bliss. Don't say, ah, you know, the Lord has chosen me. I'm the next prophet. I'm the best thing since Moses. Hallelujah. It might just be a self-made hill or it might be just for your encouragement. But don't, don't jump to conclusions. Similarly, when you're in a valley, don't jump to conclusions. Don't say, the Lord has left me. The Lord does not want anything to do with me. Don't do that. The church, you know, this and that. No, just, just enjoy Israel. Hallelujah. Just enjoy your walk. Amen. With perseverance. With faith. Hallelujah. With endurance. With patience. Amen. With love. Amen. Preaching the gospel all the time. Hallelujah. Going there where the multitude is. Sometimes experiencing the Shekinah glory of the Lord on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. Because, you know, in the end, there will be one big deep valley for the lost. Hallelujah. There will be a second death. There will be a lake of fire. There will be a bottomless pit for the devil and his angels. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord has ordained. All the adamant sinners, all those who do not want to know Christ, who want to stay in their sin, will join. God forbid, but they will join. Hallelujah. If they're not careful, if you've got family members, friends who are leading that kind of life of debauchery, sin, drunkenness, wantonness, strife, envy, bitterness, anger, less viciousness, warn them. Hallelujah. Warn them. There is going to be one final valley. Hallelujah. And that valley is going to be eternal. That valley is going to be with the devil and his angels. That valley is going to be the second. That don't go into that valley. Hallelujah. That is why the Lord is training us. The valleys and the mountains. Follow that contour of Israel. But follow Jesus. And also similarly. At some point. There will come an end. To the mountains and valleys. In the life of every Christian. Isaiah chapter 40 again says. A voice calling in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make justice in the wilderness. A beaten path for our Lord. A straight path for our God. All valleys shall be increased. All mountains shall be lowered. What is crooked shall become straight. What is rocky shall become plain. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. All flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. At some point, our trials and tribulations, our mountains and valleys will come to an end. Amen. Can we say hallelujah to that? And then there will be a lasting, just as there is a lasting valley for the damned, the devil and his angels. So there will be a lasting mountain. For the saved. My final verse is Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Micah chapter 4 verse 1. But it will come to pass. In the last days. That the mountain. Of the house of the Lord. Will stand fixed as the highest of the mountains. And that he shall be exalted. Above the hills. And that the nations will flow to it. Many Gentiles will set out and say. Come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob. Then he will teach us about his ways. And we will walk his path. For out of Zion shall the law go forth. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Can we end on this? End on this high. Praise the Lord Jesus. End on this image of Jerusalem. Amen. Micah wrote this down. 
and it's still in our Bibles. Praise the Lord Jesus. We're still reading it. It says, it will come to pass, hallelujah, in the last days, praise the Lord Jesus, that there will be one highest mountain, hallelujah, that will cover a large portion of the earth. And on top of that mountain, there will be the shining house of the Lord, hallelujah. It will stand there. It will not go. It will not leave. The word of the Lord will stand forever. It will be exalted over all other hill, hallelujah. And every nation shall go into it. And we shall have our dwelling place with Jesus there. Hallelujah. That is your final Zion. That is your destiny. Many will say, let us go there. Amen. It is you and I. We've made the decision to follow Jesus to that mountaintop. Amen. While we are walking, let him teach us his ways. Hallelujah. Let the law go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let us pray.